they cut away to the house and I'm pretty sure Ed was eating a fun dip. If anyone can get me a clip of this, <laughs> I would be extremely grateful because it's all I've thought about this whole time we've been recording. Thank you. <laughs> Here we are. If you notice, well, you won't notice because this is a an audio medium, but you may just notice like a sad um, presence lacking today. And it's because it's our beautiful boss, uh, Miss Tara's birthday. So everybody go wish her a happy birthday. And as her birthday present from us, she didn't have to deal with our bullshit today. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Tara. In All honor right, so of her birthday, just- she, yeah, she's not dealing with our shit tonight. So... <laughs> Just us. Dive right into the bullshit, shall we? (laughs) We pick it right up at the two-on-one between Noah and Bennett. And if y'all will recall from last week where we left off, um, Bennett gave Noah a really offensive three-part gift. And uh, we left off the episode with Tasha coming in and being like, is this what you guys do when I'm not here? This is childish. And that's where we cut and in response to our episode title last week, What's in the Box, uh, Tasha did ask what's in the box, but she did no further investigation. She didn't open the box. She didn't inquire any further about what was in the box. So that was pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, but something that I noticed right away in the discussion when she pulls Bennett and they start talking privately, him arguing semantics all the fucking time is really annoying. Like when Noah was like, you told me that arguing with me was like arguing with a 14 year old. And he's like, what I actually said was I implied that because there's an 11 year age difference between the two of us, that it would be like arguing with a 14 year old. And it's like, not only is it gaslighting, but it's just so fucking stupid. It's like our like, problem, Bennett, our problem is not the way you say things. It's what you say. Like, we, I don't care how you worded it. You sounded like a dick. Like, he right. comes in and he's like, well, technically. And it's like, I don't care about your technically bullshit. You were rude. Like, it doesn't matter what words you use to be rude. You were still rude. He's snaky vibes, for sure. Like, he just is a snake in the grass or in the bushes, as we saw later in the episode. Um, but something that Tasha said to Noah uh, not to know it, to Bennett, that really stood out to me was um, she says, everyone is here and it doesn't matter why they're here to you. Meaning like, it doesn't matter if you don't like Noah. It doesn't matter if you think Noah's a child. Every person that I've selected to be here is here for a reason, whether you like it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, Queen Tasha, Queen Tasha. Yes. She, she says that. She also says, you don't have the right to tell somebody else I won't end up with them. I was like, absolutely. And this applies in all seasons. We always have someone. First of all, it's always someone who's absolutely not the front runner and absolutely not going to win. Telling someone else who's probably not the front runner and probably not going to win that they are not the front runner and they're not going to win. And it's like, who are you? You're not choosing. This isn't your decision. It's literally a debate between the pot and the kettle. Like, Literally. It's like so stupid. They're like, um... Speaking as the person who's in sixth place, you're in seventh place. Like, okay. So we see it every season. We see it again this season. And I love that Tasha addressed it and was like, you have no right. I'm not, you're not my wingman. Like, I'm not telling you shit. You're another person on this show. 
you don't get to tell someone else that I'm not going to choose them. The part that was like particularly mansplainy and offensive to me was when he sat on the couch and tried to explain emotional intelligence to Tasha. I was like, okay, I'm first of all, I like want to blacklist the term emotional intelligence. Like it's so fucking stupid. And everybody who brings it up on the show with the exception of Taylor Nolan, cause she actually was a therapist, but everybody who brings it up on the show doesn't even know what they're talking about. It seems. And so I'm like, why are we just throwing, it's like emotional intelligence is becoming one of those things like here for the right reasons that just kind of gets, it's just like a bachelor platitude that gets tossed around and it's fucking annoying. Um, yeah, especially he has to, he, talks about it i felt like i was in school i mean he talks he talked about it for like 45 minutes i was like jesus there goes half the episode like he's just throwing around buzzwords that he thinks sound smart and it's like (laughs) honestly just be a good person you don't need to explain to other people how they should be worry about yourself like it just says it says more about his own emotional intelligence that he feels the need to explain emotional intelligence to everyone he encounters. I mean, the staff of the La Quinta was probably getting an earful about emotional intelligence with this guy. He's like giving love advice to the like room (laughs) service people. Like, I feel like he just has to tell, tell everyone he knows, like I'm emotionally intelligent. I read a book about it. It's like girls who read one book this year and it was where the crawdads sing. (laughs) A thousand percent. Oh my God. A thousand percent. Yeah. It was just like, okay, you read one book about it and you think you're an expert and, and I find the more of an expert you are on something, the less you have to explain it to people who didn't ask. Like, he's just (laughs) explaining it to a bunch of people who didn't ask. I'm like, if somebody were to come up to you, Bennett, and say, what's emotional intelligence? Have a field day, my guy. But nobody asked. This is white men that majored in communications trying to explain the economy. It's just like... Okay, thanks. Welcome to Chili's. Like, this is not your audience, my guy. If we have any single finance bro listening to this podcast, I want you to DM me why we can't just print more money. Do it. Literally, the economy is made up. It's fake. That's a different podcast, but maybe Kayla and I will start a second one because the economy is not real. (laughs) Chickadee (laughs) Podcast, the next podcast is going to be Emily and I discussing the economy. Can you imagine? It would just be us, like me with a bunch of Monopoly money, being like, nothing is real, nothing is anything. I printed um, money. Um, so then we get to Noah's portion of talking to Tasha, And and you know what? Fuck Bennett for making me like Noah more. But Noah said something that he just summed it up really simply in one sentence. He just said, Bennett just talks to people in a way that he shouldn't. And that's exactly what it is. It's not even that Bennett is necessarily this terrible, shit-awful guy. It's just that he speaks to people inappropriately. He doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't know when he's being condescending. And really, that whole sentence just sums it up. Like, the biggest problem with Bennett is just that he talks to people in a way that he shouldn't. Literally. Um, and it, it really did. I mean, I kept saying, I was like, this really did make Noah look so good, which is offensive because Noah is so annoying. But right. Noah's not annoying for the reasons Bennett thinks Noah is annoying, though. N- Noah's just fucking annoying. And, right. But this made Noah look good, except later. But, <laughs> but <laughs> at this point... <laughs> he is a man, so he will mess it up. Of but... course he fumbled the bag. Of course he fumbled the bag 10 minutes into the episode. But in the beginning of the episode, you're like, you know what? Maybe Noah's not so bad. Psych. Start strong. The next thing um, that I wrote down was that Noah says, quote, something I've said a lot is that Bennett's IQ and his EQ are not on the same level, end quote. And I am willing to bet my entire next year's salary that that is not something that Noah said a lot. 
Like I don't think Noah ever said that until I it came out of his mouth in that, that moment. I, I'm not here to defend Bennett by any means, but I will say that I don't think that Noah knew the term emotional intelligence before it was presented to him by Bennett. He might have it, but I don't think he knew what the term meant. No. I was just Until that box the- was opened, that was not ever a phrase that crossed Noah's mind. Let me tell you. Literally. He's like, I've, I've said this a lot in the house, that his EQ <laughs> and his IQ are not on the same level. Okay. Well, I don't think that you said that a lot, but we'll see. I would like to- speak with every other guy in the house to prove that that didn't happen. I'm but, taking okay. tallies. Appreciate. So by the end of the two-on-one, Tasha chooses to send home Bennett. Um, and as she's walking him out, it is absolutely painful to watch. He's trying to save face so hard. And at first when I was watching, I couldn't tell if he was trying to save face in terms of viewership, like he wants to come off in a good light or if he's actually trying to save face because he cares about Tasha. And obviously this kind of devolves later in the episode, but as of now, we see that he is going home. He's being super awkward and desperate about it. Another word that I hate, I don't like to use the word desperate, but like this interaction truly was desperate. Like it was very uncomfortable to watch, Mm -hmm. which brings us to the reason I discovered tonight that I hate Bennett. So I've hated Bennett since the beginning. Even when he was like a fun meme that we were all having a blasty blast with, the Harvard grad that couldn't spell limousine, ha ha ha, here for the bit. Everybody was loving Bennett and I just thought he was icky the entire time. And some would say that I'm just ahead of my time, but I don't actually think it's that. Tonight upon watching the episode, I came to the startling realization that Bennett both looks and acts exactly like my terror of an ex-boyfriend. So, yeah. That's so why Bennett leaves. It. Bennett keeps talking about how shocked he is he's leaving. Everyone else is like, you are the only person who is shocked. Tasha is, is an intelligent woman. So the, the motion that she was going through here was like, she comes back in. She tells Noah, like, don't get excited just because I sent Bennett home. Like, that doesn't mean that you're safe. Like, I'm not giving you this rose either. You're going to go to the rose ceremony. And Noah's like, okay. Now, Tasha's an intelligent woman. So what Tasha is doing is making Noah sweat. And then she will ultimately give him the last rose. Like, we all saw it coming. It's fine. What she did not do was what dumb fuck Peter Weber did last season, where he put my Kenna, and I know her name is McKenna, but I will never not call her my Kenna. My Kenna. He put my Kenna and Tammy on a one-on or a two-on-one, the worst two-on-one of all time. He didn't like either of them. Like at least she has some that- emotional investment in Noah and Bennett. Yeah. So I mean, puts- the thing with Noah is that she's repeatedly said, I don't think you're ready for marriage. So I am like, why are you keeping him? Like he's not ready. Just right. Two, but two, so- but so Peter he, did not like Tammy or McKenna. No, McKenna but he did one of slightest. the most iconic things that I've ever seen on the show. He puts Tammy and McKenna on the two-on-one. He, he sends Tammy home because she was the worst. And we're like, okay, like, McKenna's safe. And, like, he doesn't give her a rose, but he, she, he didn't make a, a show of it like Tasha did of being like, I'm not going to give you this rose. Like, we just assumed she was safe because Tammy went home. So she walks from the two-on-one into the rose ceremony and doesn't get a rose. Peter Ah. Weber. (laughs) Peter Weber literally tortured this girl. And at least like Taisha, like we knew that Noah was going to end up getting the rose at that point. Like she was just trying to make him sweat a little bit. Peter Weber fully 
just absolutely dragged my Kenna. Peter <laughs> Weber, Peter Weber is a messy bitch who lives for drama. And he absolutely did my Kenna dirty. Okay. Dirty. And I didn't even like her. I wanted her to go home too, but I was like, damn, like he did her dirty. Like, okay. So Tasha doesn't give Noah the rose, doesn't give Bennett the rose. Bennett goes, but she also doesn't give Noah the rose. And so I'm sitting there like, she might send him home too, but want to not embarrass him in front of Bennett and like not have it be a thing where she has to walk them both out because that's awkward. She's walking back in and Noah is drinking Tic Tacs, like 24 Tic Tacs in his mouth. And I'm like, I wonder why she thinks that you're not mature. And then (laughs) then she gets there and he's beaming like a little child. He's like pounding pineapple juice and he's like, I heard it makes it taste better. (laughs) Right? Like, do you think you're out in in a fantasy suite? No, but he literally was like beaming like, I won the bachelorette. I am the fiance. Like, I was like, you're in eighth. So he's like beaming. She comes in. She's like, okay. Like you said, she's like, don't be so excited. That was really hard for me. Doesn't give him the rose, but says she'll see him later. So okay, he's not going home yet. Maybe he'll go home later if she pulls a Peter Weber, which would be so juicy and delicious, but she doesn't so do iconic. it. So iconic. Well, yeah, but she's <laughs> so not iconic. as messy. Okay, you guys, I am really excited about the small business that we are highlighting today. This was started by my friend Kayla from college, and she is awesome, and I am so freaking jealous that she has this talent because it's crazy. So Pin and Tonic Crafts Company was a pipe dream turned quarantine reality. When Kayla lost both of her jobs in March due to the pandemic, she needed a way to make a little extra money and more importantly, a rewarding way to spend her time. She had always dreamed of starting her own Etsy shop, but didn't know what she would sell. When her sister taught her how to cross stitch via FaceTime, thank you COVID, she instantly fell in love and started creating pop culture themed cross stitch creations and designs. You can follow her on Instagram at Pin and Tonic Crafts Co. and find her on Etsy under the same name. So as usual with the small businesses we highlight, we will be making a post about this on our grid and linking her account. So you can follow her that way, but please, please, please check her out on Etsy and Instagram. She is so crazy talented, and she was kind enough to send us a bachelor cross stitch that we are obsessed with, and I've ordered a Taylor Swift one for her. It is a really great way to get some personal gifts for people in your life and check some names off your Christmas list. So then, um, now we're at the cocktail party now that the two-on-one is over. And Riley, not much to mention here, but just super cute. He is trying to cheer Tasha up, and he says it's our one-week anniversary, and they have a little dessert together. Cute. I, like, Um, hate when when contestants on this show are like, you're my girlfriend, because it's like, ew, she's dating 20 guys. But it gave me butterflies. I love it. Like, so then... Another cute thing, nothing to write home about. Zach C gives her one of their frame photos from last week, and he says that he's got her back. They make out cute. And it's a higher quality photo than the whole episode last week. So Yeah, what episode? Like, what pictures did did they use for the framed photo? Where did he get that? That one wasn't edited on Picnic on an iPhone 4. That one was beautiful. (laughs) He found one person with an iPhone 6 Plus to take the picture. It was, like, kind of still far away in the frame. They were like, okay, it's not that good of a picture, so, like, don't don't get too close. <laughs> so then um, I don't ever, ever, ever mean to insult sweet baby angel Brendan because he's so cute and so nice. But a friend of mine texted me, and she said, how is Brendan always wearing turtlenecks in July in Palm Springs, California? 
And I took a second and I was like, is Brendan reptilian? Is he cold blooded? Like it is July in Palm Springs. Like Tasha is constantly wearing like sleeveless, strapless. Like I know when Claire got off the show and was doing like her press interviews and stuff, she was like, yeah, like it was July in Palm Springs. It was like a thousand degrees every day. And Brendan is out here in a full fucking turtleneck every episode. Is he with okay? a blazer, with a blazer over it. Ben is yeah. wearing his ill-fitting U-neck shirts. He seems breezy. And yeah. Brendan is wearing like right. full-on winter gear. Right. So then um, I love Brendan's outfits, but I've never thought about that. That it literally was nine million degrees. Um, are you okay? Also, Brendan's yeah. voice sounds like uh the guy from Ratatouille, Linguini. Okay. Anyway. Correct. Um so- <laughs> Then uh, we go into the rose ceremony. And, and until this point, which we're probably about 20 minutes into the episode at this point, until this point, I forgot that JoJo was here. We hadn't seen her yet. She walks in and she's like, okay, guys, we're ready for the rose ceremony. And I was like, oh, hey, girl. Now I wrote this note down and it aged perfectly, um, but I wrote it down before the roses were given. We never see Spencer literally ever. We see more of Ed than we do of Spencer. and Un- Unfortunately, we see more of Ed than we do of Spencer. <laughs> Literally. And I don't mean to accuse Spencer of anything, but it's just a very weird edit that they are giving someone who got the first impression rose. Like, and I get it. Maybe Tasha gave him the rose and then they just didn't have a connection and, and so whatever. And that's fine. But I just feel like on the end of production – they would try to have her milk the, the first impression rose person a little more, even if she's not into it. Like we it's, would just see more of it. Right. Him. It seems weird, even if he still went home this week, that they literally haven't shown him. Like literally we haven't seen yeah. him. He got the rose and then we never saw him again. Like truly. And that's crazy. Usually the person who gets the first impression rose, honestly, they end up with that person a lot of the time, or at least they get like a, a cut that's like, oh, they're very like, they're very much yeah, here. They make it far. Um, yeah. And he was not there. I mean, he was very much not there. So yeah. that was weird. Also, Ed always has to blame someone else for the fact that he might go home when, in fact, he's Ed. He's like, if I go home, if I go home because of Noah's antics, I'm going to be pissed. I'm like, Ed, if you go home, it's definitely because of your horrible personality and the fact that you might be a cardboard box. It's possible he's a cardboard box. Has anyone checked? Let me know. So he Ed keeps in the cardboard box in the same room. <laughs> like, I haven't. Uh, prove me wrong so yeah I I don't he always blames other people which is funny because later (laughs) so basically uh Brendan Riley Blake King Ivan and Noah get roses and then Zach C and Ben are safe because they already had roses from Mm -hmm. last week's episode but this week's dates so that means that going home are Ed Spencer and sweet sweet angel King Damar but the good news about Demar going home is that Emily was able to DM slide, which was- I finally, I finally DM slid. I asked him if he wanted to play cup pong. Um, I'll keep you guys updated on if he says yes. <laughs> I'm hoping for a win here, you guys. I'm hoping for a win. <laughs> oh my! So, Do you mean like iPhone cup pong? Yeah, like iPhone cup pong. Like Why I couldn't. Have you never asked me to play. I play cup pong all the time. Oh my god. Do you want to play right now? No. Um, I was like, well, because I was like, what should I DM Damar? My sister was like, send him cup pong. And I was like, okay, it's a DM, not a text. That would be highly illegal. But then I was like, that's a good idea. So I asked if he wanted to play cup pong. Therefore, I can get his number so that we can play cup pong and he can be my boyfriend. Anyway, 
I'll That's keep you updated. That's a beautiful plan. Um, I don't so, see what could go wrong. <laughs> but basically, the, the lesson is that we sent sweet Angel Damar home. Great news for me. Bad news for Tasha Because she kept Blake. <laughs> and I don't know if you... Last episode, we said if Ed, Bennett, and Blake all went home, I would post my news on, nudes on Instagram. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. So I will not be showing whole this time around. But... Why would you keep Blake after he sculpted his penis out of clay? And not only did he sculpt his penis out of clay, he said that the reason he sculpted his penis out of clay was because that was what reminded him of Tasha. Um, so now all so of yeah, a sudden- So yeah, Blake's still here. Boo! Continue. Yeah, trash. So now all of a sudden, JoJo drops it on us that next week is hometowns, which, like, is garbage. Like, it's like you were saying before we started recording, like, why like i get that we had to waste four episodes on claire and they're on a production schedule but honestly why didn't we just push matt james premiere off by like two weeks and give Tasha a full season like right it's such garbage we have hometowns next week and there's still 986 guys left how is she ever gonna choose that's ridiculous we'll get to the lie detector date in a few minutes but but on the lie detector date like they were asking questions about are you ready to meet my family? Are you ready for me to meet your family? And like some of the guys like Brendan like pinged as like not ready or whatever. And I was like, of course he's fucking not ready. There's still nine guys left here. He went on one date with you and now you're going to meet his family. Like it's not Tasha's fault, but like they're rushing it so much that like who would be comfortable with that? You know? They came into this, they've had an even shorter time with Taisha than norm, like normally contestants have with the lead. And now they're supposed to meet their families next week. And it's like crazy. Yeah. So, so I get it. It's like, f- of course, a lot of them aren't ready. It's so, so, so soon and so much sooner than it usually is. Right. So we find out in this moment that Ben gets the first one-on-one of this episode. And he is so excited. So cute. Um and then to introduce the one-on-one jojo wheels in on a scooter and if anyone can make it look cute it's jojo but it was just so fucking weird and random and and it's one of those moments that i watched it i was like god i fucking hate this show so then i wrote that uh ben is the new tyler c and i just mean that they have this like very similar quality of like, even when they're not saying a lot, and I'm not even just saying this because they're both hot, even though they both are hot, but like they both have this like very similar quality of even when they're not saying anything, they just kind of have this very like warm, like presence about them. And you could tell that like, because Tasha kept saying how Ben is very soft-spoken and blah, 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 blah. But like you, you can tell that she feels very comfortable with him. They, they have a really cute date. They have to do this like scavenger hunt thing. Um, it, again, kind of similar date that we've had in weeks past just because they're in lockdown and, and whatever. So it's a scavenger hunt. It's cute. It's whatever. Um, and then she says that in a interview, she says, I just don't know that I can give him this rose unless he opens up tonight because I don't know anything about him, which is something that we have said in weeks past that we don't know very much about Ben. So we get to the dinner portion and um, Ben begins talking about um, the expectation of needing to be perfect growing up. And he was like, you know, expectation was perfection and we had to look perfect, act perfect. 
And then he begins to talk about his experience in the army kind of exacerbating that because he had to shut off a lot of emotion. Um, And then Ben reveals that he attempted suicide twice in 2018 and 2019. Um, And I'm like getting emotional even just talking about it now. I mean, suicide is an issue that's very close to me and and my family and stuff like that. And so, again, I, I hate to say that I appreciate people's trauma, but I appreciate a guy like Ben getting on national TV and being so open about that because you don't expect guys like Ben to deal with stuff like that. And the fact of the matter is that like suicide affects everybody and depression affects everybody. And even, you know, like the hot guy on your Instagram feed is affected and and you don't know pe- what people have been through. People that go on the show go through so much. And again, we've said it a million times, but in the past, like we don't see any of it. We don't yeah. see any of these stories at all until afterwards. And it's like, sometimes it's too late. And sometimes yeah. they don't get the platform or they don't get to say what they wanted to say or whatever. And he said something that um, I really love. And, you know, anything, any any type of public figure that can help to destigmatize therapy and open up the conversation about mental health. And he was really honest with her. And he said, I am aggressive and intentional about therapy. And I really loved that because I've been in therapy since the seventh grade, but there are times that I'm not intentional about therapy. Like I, I do it because that's what I do, but like everybody should be intentional about their mental health and checking in. And, um, I feel like so often, like, I mean, it's not like a great joke that we make, but so often like you and me, like when men are acting ridiculous, we'll be like, go to therapy. But I actually fucking love a man who is so open about being in therapy. Well, like literally go to therapy. I mean, it's like the best thing I ever did. And I don't mean it offensively at all. I think everyone should go to therapy. Like truly, it's not just men. It's hard to be intentional about therapy and be completely open with someone. And I appreciate Ben being completely open about his experience and being intentional about therapy. I feel like Ben is a contestant um, this season that is really going to hit home for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, especially because myself included, people are getting really down on themselves about their bodies, about quarantine weight gain, about all sorts of things. And I mean, how many times do you walk around nowadays and it's like, lose the quarantine 15 and whatever. And and it's such toxic marketing. And so between Ben talking about his eating disorder, talking about his body dysmorphia, talking about his depression. And when he was talking about his depression and talking about how it stemmed from feeling lonely, being in a city he couldn't afford, do it like all these things that so many young people experience. And I think him being so candid is going to really help a lot of people. He talks about it. They wrap up the date and then yeah. the bachelor did like a, a screen of the uh, suicide of line. Of Chris Harrison reading the national suicide. The national suicide. Hotline. hotline. Um, which it was like, it was obviously a, a, a thing for the national suicide hotline, which was great that they aired that. And I know, you mm-hmm. know, when Kaylin Miller keys talked about her sexual assault, they also did that with like the sexual assault um, awareness stuff. And, and that's great. Mm-hmm bachelor franchise like has been affected by suicide for a long time um right and also that brings me to my next point we don't have to delve into this for too long but that brings me to my next point of like i don't think any of our listeners would do this but like 
don't fucking DM the contestants of this show hateful shit. They're fucking people. And I will never forget after Peter's season of The Bachelor when they had Rachel Lindsay come on and read all of those DMs that contestants have gotten. What kind of sick fucks are in the world that you have nothing better to do than DM these people hateful things? Like, you're sick. And I really hope, I think since Ben is such a fan favorite, people probably won't do that. But my heart just like breaks at the thought of anybody saying anything mean to him and putting him in any kind of bad place because people are fucking cruel. And I'm like, like, I'm even sad at the thought, like, I'm sure Noah's getting shit, you know, and Bennett. And it's like, I don't want them to get shit either. I mean, they're not even, they're not my faves. They're seventh and eighth for me. But like, I don't, (laughs) I don't like want, like, I don't, these people go through so much putting themselves on television and like, they face so much while they're on the show, but a lot of them face a lot of shit after they get off the show. So I just, it's so extremely shitty and so disgusting so never dm anyone bachelor contestants unless you're asking them to play cup pong but (laughs) you absolutely giving you permission now if there's anyone you want to play cup pong with definitely dm slide to play cup pong um i encourage it actually in fact so then (laughs) steered me wrong it's also never steered me right this is an experiment I'm so excited. Today we are talking about my holy grail skincare line, Rosen Skincare. They have quite literally saved my skin with their products. I started using them earlier this year, and honestly, they are not such a small business anymore. They are slowly taking over the world. You can find them at Target. You can find them at Urban Outfitters honestly making their way into every single market but if you order from their website rosenskincare.com and you use the code mkrebs e-m-c-r-e-b-b-s you will get 20 percent off so seriously run to try these products they are amazing cleared my entire face during all my quarantine stress can't recommend them enough and i seriously hope you guys will check them out Uh, end of Ben's date. We are brought back to the house where every guy remaining except Blake finds out that they're going to be on a group date, which means that Blake is going to get a fucking one-on-one. So we know immediately he's going home on the one-on-one. Like we don't even have to ask. I will literally eat my foot if she gives him the rose on the one-on-one. I will eat my fucking foot. I don't, there's no way. How, first of all, I'm encouraged by Tasha giving one-on-ones because I do think she gives one-on-ones to people she's trying to figure out. So, like, even with Ben, she said she didn't know if she was going to give him the rose. Like, I think she truly does use that time for people she's not sure about rather than just being, like, of my life. Right. We all thought easy was a shoe in, but she was like, nope, I took this to figure it out, and I I didn't feel it. Exactly. So, I agree. So, with her giving Blake the one-on-one, I do think it's genuinely her being like, I don't know about this guy. I just don't want to watch him on a one-on-one. I don't want to watch him ever. So, then we go – we go to the group date, which is pretty much where the episode ends, but we go to the group date and um, it is a lie detector test. Apparently, JoJo is a polygraph tech now, which is exciting for her. She flips homes and she does polygraphs, which is great. Um, they looked like they were using like a, a Toys R Us polygraph machine. Oh. Yeah, so- they bought that at KB Toys before they went out of business. But- as we've mentioned in previous episodes, it is another passion of mine and Emily's uh, true crime. 
And every fucking idiot knows that you don't goddamn take a polygraph test unless you have a lawyer present. And Riley was present. And that is why I appreciated when they went to polygraph him. And one of the girls was like, what do you tell your clients when they have to do this? And he goes, I tell them not to take one. I was like, yes, King, don't fucking take a polygraph. They're garbage. They're not always accurate. Um, they're almost never accurate. They're almost <laughs> never accurate. The only case is the Chris Watts case. He can fuck off and die. Um, <laughs> anyway, stream that Netflix documentary. That shit is wow. Uh, very I interesting. Sleep for two days. <laughs> I'm never getting married. Uh, that's what that proved. Anyway, so polygraphs are fake. So what we learn is that I d- the person I started with was. Um, Noah and people went before Noah, but Noah was the first one that mattered because he told not one truth. And this is the thing that we've been saying is we were like, Noah's a liar, but maybe he didn't mean to lie two episodes ago when he said the lie that he that he told which when he lied. And then we get to this episode and he lie, 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 lie. Big little lies over here. Okay. All like, men do where is, lie. Where is Reese Witherspoon with her deal for, for season three of Big Little Lies? It's but just like Noah. How- I like how um, Noah is such a clown that, like, he's lying the entire time and Tasha and JoJo are just laughing. <laughs> but, like, Brendan pings as a lie one time and they're like... <gasps> they're like, I can't marry him. Yeah, so yeah. someone went before... I've, oh, Ivan went before him and passed with flying colors and I made no notes about it because uh, Ivan... That's why perfect. I made no notes, because he he's a king. Because we, we were all watching and we were like, of course. Uh, and then Noah comes in, lies his literal face off again. Um, that boy can't tell the truth. Whatever. I guess we won't so address then, it. So then um, I forget who came first, uh, Brendan or Zach C. But the, basically, Brendan, the, yeah, Brendan um, gets asked if he's ready for Tasha to meet his family. And he says yes, but it pings as a lie. And then it's like, ooh, ooh. and that's what Emily and I were talking about earlier about how can these men be expected to be ready. Um, so then we get to Zach C and Zach C gets asked on his lie detector if he has ever cheated and he says, yes. And it pings green. And this is the, the plot twist of the century, because it's pretty clear at this point that Zach C is for sure a front runner for Tasha, And it's clear that Tasha. um, was cheated on in her marriage or it's implied that she was cheated on. And so this is a big deal breaker for her. But she actually says one of my least favorite things ever when she says, I believe that a cheater is always a cheater. And I don't agree with that sentiment at all. I think there's a difference between like sociopathic, you have a lifelong partner who you carry on an affair with for six years and and like quote cheating on someone you've been dating for two months by kissing somebody else, you know, like there are different levels of cheating. And I really hate the expression. A cheater is always a cheater, especially because she had no idea what the context of his cheating was. He only got asked if he had cheated and he said, yes. So. Right. And, and what I was saying is he said, yes, like he didn't try to lie about it. He wasn't like, no. And then it pings and you're like, Oh, he's a cheater and a liar. Right. Like he said, yes. He was like, yes, I have cheated in my life. And I agree. I mean, not everyone who cheats once in their life when they were 19 is going to cheat for the rest of their lives. Like that's right. very bold to say. So then, then um, later in the episodes, we, f- we finished this lie detector test. Oh, well, Riley goes and he, they ask him what his name is and oh, he right, says right, right, his right, right. name. He says his name and it beeps 
wrong and that he lied. And so he doesn't like do super well on the polygraph, but he's the last one to go. And then we move on. Right. So then um, we go to the night portion of the group date. And immediately you can tell that out of all the things that came out today, the thing that affected Tasha the most was Zach C saying that he had cheated. Again, proving that Zach C is a very clear front runner and she wants to get this sorted out. So she has to talk to Zach C and he does this whole big dramatic build up to it. And then he reveals that he cheated on his sixth grade girlfriend by French kissing another girl at a bolorama while he was still dating his sixth grade girlfriend, Emmy. And I was cackling at this. And Taisha was like, oh my God, you terrified me. And he was like, I was not asked the context. I just was asked if I cheated and I was hooked up to a machine. So I said yes, because I've cheated. And it was like, and then ended up being like a funny, cute thing, whatever. But I was just like, this is why shit pisses me off. Like, uh, this is why expressions like once a cheater, always a cheater piss me off. Like people treat once a cheater, always a cheater. Like once a murderer, always a murderer. Like the two are very different. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Chris Watts should be in prison forever for his polygraph. Zach C cheated on his sixth grade girlfriend and didn't lie about it on his polygraph. Like there's a difference. Right. Right. So So, yeah, we laugh and laugh. Silly classic jokester Zach C. He's just a cla- just a silly goose. So he tells this little jokey joke. He's the class clown. <laughs> he is the class clown over here. Then we move on. Brendan basically has Brendan been married before? I don't remember. Yes, I think he has. Yeah. So basically he clarifies that he said he was nervous to meet her family and nervous for her to meet his family, but it's because he's been married before. And he's like, it's really nerve-wracking for me to do this again and whatever and she basically is like oh my god totally fine totally get it whatever so like his his lie detector is in the past <laughs> um whatever it never happened they barely show ivan and noah even though not noah lied his stupid face off the whole time yeah they never showed him like this is like <laughs> noah is starting to remind me of like jordan kimball who stayed he lo- on he looks like jordan kimball yeah, who stayed on Becca Kufrin's season for so long, even though Becca Kufrin was not interested in him. They kept him on for the laugh. They kept him on for the jokes. Like, it's clear that Tasha is not that into Noah because he did not tell one single truth during his lie detector test. And she's like, ha-ha, oh, oh Noah. <laughs> you silly. And then she doesn't confront Ivan because Ivan's never told a lie in his whole life. And then we get to Riley. And we are yes. nervous for Riley because he lied about what his name was, allegedly. Um, <laughs> and we were like, oh my God, is he like in witness protection? And now he's on the bachelorette. Yeah. And he also like, I think there was like, they asked him the similar thing where they're like, are you ready for her to meet your family? And he's like, I don't know. And it was like a weird, whatever. So we're like nervous. We're like, what is going to happen with this? But we go on. We learn that, um, Riley was very close with his dad. He calls his dad his hero. Um, they were very close when he was younger. And then um And he was named for his dad. He was named, he was named after his dad. For his dad. Yeah. And um over the course of his growing up, his dad basically manipulated him out of a relationship with his mom. And He's touched on his relationship with his mom a little bit in the past and how he had to rebuild it, but this was kind of where we got the more in-depth version of it. Um, So he goes on to say that because of his parents' tumultuous relationship, his dad basically like manipulated him out of having a relationship with his mom. 
And it wasn't until he was an adult that he was able to rebuild that relationship with her. And so then he went and got a legal name change, which is why the polygraph pinged. And that was it. And like Taisha being, Taisha was like totally understanding and, and amazing. Classic. Then she says, it's the most appropriate thing you can ever say when someone divulges something like that to you. And she just said, I feel honored and grateful that you shared that with me. Great. Classy response. And now we get to what will fuel my nightmares for the next three to five business nights. So Bennett comes back. Well, let's, let's actually lead into Bennett coming back. So she leaves the, the cocktail party with these men. and She, she doesn't give a rose to anyone. Oh, yes. She chooses to not give a rose to anyone. And for anybody concerned with Sean's Bachelor Fantasy League um, from last week, Taysha is really fucking him up this week by not giving roses, by not giving a rose on the two-on-one. She's really screwing with Sean's chances in his Fantasy League. So everybody pray for Sean. But then um, she leaves the cocktail party and she walks through the gate toward her hotel room. And we see straight out of my ex-boyfriend's playbook, Bennett. Bennett standing in a bush with a creepy, weird smile, and he's literally just lurking there. And he like he looks like Randall from Monsters Inc. when he's like, "Hi, Deja," and he's got this like big, creepy, scary smile. It was arguably the scariest thing I've ever seen, and 2020 <laughs> has been a true nightmare. So I don't know. Uh, like literally, again, Kayla and I love true crime, and yet this has scared me more than anything. He comes back. John Benet Ramsey doc the other day, and this was worse. Yeah, literally. I mean, he's like, hello, Tasha," And you're like, no. <laughs> My longest no ever. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing I've literally ever seen. It will haunt my nightmares forever. He has to talk to her. And she says, sure. So they go into her hotel room, and he basically says that her sending him home took him very by surprise her sending him home took him very by surprise and now he confesses that he loves her and which is not true by the way um he doesn't and he is saying that because he wants to get back on the show and that's fine but i just hate when contestants do that because it's emotionally manipulative um but it's creepy and awful and weird and this is where my confusion lies because earlier in the episode when she was first talking with Noah and Bennett I was like Tasha deserves an Emmy because she couldn't be less into Bennett and she's faking it so well but then the end of the episode really confused me because I feel like if she wasn't into Bennett she would be like dude no like I sent you home but she actually seems very conflicted about it and we see in the preview for next week that Bennett does indeed come back which I royally hate. A friend of mine actually just texted me and actually one of our former small business owners, um, Emily, she owns Whole Lot of Love on Etsy. Go look. She just texted me and I host a Bachelor podcast and didn't know this, but she mentioned how as of right now, Noah is still on the show, but in the preview for next week, they show him at the men tell all, which means that he goes home. He goes home. Yeah. In the first episode of next week. So- Which is, like, obvious. Like, obviously, he's not going to hometowns, but it's still kind of off-brand for them to show something like that when they haven't showed someone going home. So that's right. either a flub in in editing or they're just like, y'all know he's not going you to hometowns. You guys know. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> we don't, we, they're like, we can't make him the villain anymore, so who cares? Um, <laughs> right. 
And then we show Ed from the cut scene from this episode doing a face mask. Uh, and he's just a, a block of brick. So. You want to know what is like the most upsetting to me about Ed? We like talk a lot of shit about Ed because we like to think that we're funny, but like Ed definitely seems like the kind of guy that we would be friends with in real life. <laughs> dude, Ed and I would be boys. Are you serious? I'd be like, let's go get a beer, dude. I would absolutely be friends with Ed. A hundred. I have friends that are Ed. Like I like do. Yeah, it's like I talk shit about Bennett, but like I fully dated Bennett. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, all the guys on this show, it's like such a grain of salt because it's like I've dated that guy. I've been friends with that guy. I've hooked up with that guy. Like pick your poison. I've done it. So yeah, Ed is a brick, but he's gone. But they show this preview of him doing a face mask and being like, huh, huh, da, da, blah, da, da, I'm Ed. And us being like, word, dude. I don't know. Is there any Bachelor Nation news? Lauren Bushnell, she Maybe. was on Ben Higgins season. She won Ben Higgins season. They were engaged for a bit, but she is now married to the country singer, Chris Lane, and they are so fucking cute. And she is pregnant. She just announced it. And like pregnant people kind of freak me out and babies kind of freak me out. But like, I'm so happy about this. Also, yeah. just like what star power? She got married and she changed her name to Lauren Lane. Sickening. That's so good. Disgusting how good that name is. I'll never have anything that good. <laughs> not the way i'm heading now um but yeah so she's pregnant that's amazing love that so much for her because she's a little sweetie pie i just want to put her like fold her up put her in my pocket if i went on this show nobody would ever be like emily was the cute one they'd be like she was really aggressive right she yelled a lot <laughs> yeah if emily and i went on this show like we've talked about this before but if we went on this show we would pretend like we didn't know each other prior to being on the show which we really blew our cover with that because we decided to host a podcast about the franchise together but our original plan was to pretend like we didn't know each other go on the show and stage a bunch of drama so that we would get a lot of airtime. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone would be like those two girls were the most annoying contestants ever and then we'd and they come were, on the women <laughs> and they come were on women seventh and eighth <laughs> <laughs> and they were seventh and eighth and me and seventh or you and seventh and me and eighth you and seventh would say you're not gonna end up with him because the seventh place contestant has the most grounds to stand on in telling the eighth place contestant that they're not right for the lead <laughs> anyway so no one would say I was cute <laughs> Uh, unlike Lauren, who is very cute. I feel like if I went on this show, I would be the girl that would show up at the Women Tell All, and it, I'd be like one of the randos from night one that gets invited <laughs> to the Women Tell All, and everyone's like, when the fuck did you get here? Like, if they ask me, I would be eliminated before night one, and I'd be like, yes, I'm, I'm there. I'm available. <laughs> everyone, would be like, everyone would be like, who the fuck is that? Like, they'd have no idea. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, please leave us a review subscribe to our only podcast. if it's nice literally if you leave a mean review we will delete it promptly as you know um, <laughs> as you know and also follow our instagram at don't insult my podcast <laughs>